Greetings, greetings, everyone. Um, let me say peace, love, light to you all. Uh, may all be well with everyone, with you, your loved ones, your everyday living, you know, whatever business venture that you are looking to start or that you are in, may all go well with it. And I say peace, love, light to you all. All right, and much respect to you all. And I appreciate all the subscribers that has been following me, um, that has been subscribed to this channel and all the ventures that I've been doing for all these years to all the new subscribers also. Much love, much appreciation to you guys. Much respect to you guys. To the folks who are just now coming into this information, um, you're going to learn today, you're going to learn that words are not what they seem when used in everyday life. When these words are being used on you, when it comes to officers, all officers, that goes to magistrates, that goes to presidents, that goes to Congress, the Senate governors, mayors, any anything that is labeled as a public servant is pretty much an officer serving in an office. And when they're speaking to you and they're using particular words, they're not using it in the everyday common language. They're using them in the legalese language. It's two different languages. Okay? And this is what our brothers and sisters must comprehend. Because if you don't, you're going to be ruled and controlled and abused by these people who are the ones who are not honorable every single day. All right? Now, how well do you know words? Right, because oh, oh yeah, you gonna learn today. You definitely gonna learn today, right? And I was, I was just, man, Iraq was, we was just now texting each other just now, still, right seconds before I ever hit the live button, and we was going over some information, right? So let me just take it to the words first, and then we're gonna go over the information. Matter of fact, let's let's go over something that we were just sharing with each other. Then we're going to go into the definition, right? Some of the stuff that he sent me, uh, I'm gonna let him break it down when he um when he does a video go live on his platform, right? Because it's a lot, it's a lot. But we're gonna start with this, and this is on law.cornell.edu slash constitution power over the seat of government historical background right this is on the Cornell law website now everyone even if you are from the Caribbean should pay attention to this because the United States has also established um, jurisdiction over the Caribbean corporations or 
quote, corporations that are under the guise as countries, but are not. They are literally businesses. Okay? This is why you have U.S. naval and military ships in your waters. It's business. So, Article Section 8C17 uh, .1.1 Power over the seat government historical background. Right, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. The Congress shall have power to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district, and it has parentheses here, not exceeding 10 miles square, as may be session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress become the seat of government of the United States and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be the shall be for the erection of forts magazines arsenal dockyards and other needful buildings you know what this means right here now i'm gonna go over it back and i'm gonna break down certain things to you guys all right Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. And it starts off with brackets. You know those brackets that look like it's like a half a box? The Congress shall have power. And it's in, that's what they put it in. Now, if you understand um, what these symbols mean, when you see that bracket that is shaped like a box, that it's, a, it's like a box-shaped version of a parenthesis. It means that it doesn't exist within the document, right? But here we go. The Congress shall have power to exercise legis exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district, not exceeding 10 miles square. So what they're talking about is the District of Columbia, right? That's going into um, D.C. and I believe Virginia, right? They're talking about the District of Columbia. The Congress only has power within the District of Columbia, okay? And because the Congress is a business entity, anything that is purchased under that business, they also have jurisdictional um, power over as well, all right? Now, you also know by law, a business cannot own property. So that means anything that the United States Corporation, federal corporation, right? And that's USC, um, 28 USC 3002-15A tells you that the United States is a federal corporation. That means someone actually owns this. And someone's name Huh? Is down as the owner of the United States Federal Corporation. 
So all federal buildings, state buildings, um, dockyards, newspapers, okay, are actually owned by a individual or individuals that has come together. All right. And that's what would give the Congress and the presidency jurisdiction over those areas, not the living, breathing man and woman, the people, the businesses. This is why you have Joe Biden telling you any business with 100 employees or more are under his mandate because those businesses with 100 plus employees or more or contracted, signed on to the United States Corporation, which they fall now underneath their jurisdiction. Okay? Now, let me read back through it again. You got to peep the verbiage, man. You have, you have to know the history of these things. Now, I'm going, I'm going to also go into why it is that it's the way it is right now, right? Because the Congress moved from Philadelphia to D.C. When the Congress moved from Philadelphia, everything changed. Even the status of the Constitution, all right? That's why the Constitution no longer has the United States of America and just have the United States because everything turned a business. And then that Constitution, the United States Constitution, became a trust document dealing with equity and commerce and business. But because the, the United States of America Constitution still stands, because that was the one that was drafted up by the Indians which they now label as African-Americans because African-American is a business title that means that anything underneath that title have no rights when it comes to the business, the corporation. Let's get back into this. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Read it back over again. All right. Let's get back to it. The Congress shall have power to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district not exceeding 10 miles square as may by session of particular states. And the acceptance of Congress became the seat of government. The United States and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. <coughs> Fort Jackson, Fort Lee, Fort Briggs, Fort Hamilton, those military forts, you understand? The dockyards, this is why they have their authority over the dockyards, shipping containers that comes in, that's being shipped out. 
okay? Now, if you still understand, if you understand the history of this land, of this entire hemisphere, north and south, central, you understand that the First Nations people who they started labeling as African and African-American, yeah? The First Nations people are still the heirs to this land. So none of this stuff that they're talking goes for you. You are not under none of their jurisdiction unless you classify yourself as a citizen of the United States. Which means now you've classified yourself as a business entity, which gives them jurisdiction over the business, which you are now, as American Iraq says, subsidiaries of the United States, meaning you're a branch of the business, not you, the natural person, but that all capital straw man name. Okay, that is the citizen. And you must know how to separate you, the living person, from that all capital straw man name. All right. This goes for, like I said, anywhere that the European leagues of nation claim or claiming jurisdiction. When they say the British Virgin Islands or the American Virgin Islands and the American West Indies and the British West Indies and all these things. All of this comes from their documents. They don't have jurisdiction over you unless you contracted with them to do so, all right? And the contract is only valid if you knowingly did it. Now, it goes on to say, the convention was moved to provide for the creation of a site in which to locate the capital of the nation, completely removed from the control of any state because of the, humil the, the humiliation, humiliation suffered by the content, Continental Congress on June 21st, 1783. Now you have to understand what is the Continental Congress, right? Because before, when you go into the deep-rooted history of the Continental Congress, you're going to see that when they talk about the first president, John Hansen, and these things, these were members of the Continental Congress. Continental Congress over about 60% of it were Negroes, and these Negroes were Indians, okay? I don't know if, you have, if folks ever heard of the show called, um, I think it's called Hell at the Border, something like that, when they did the movie about the, the, um, the supposed black cowboy, but everywhere he went, they was like, you speak the language of the creek. Oh, yeah, he knows the creek nation very well. He knows these creek lands very well. Oh, but he left these creek lands. He left these creek lands. I'm surprised to see you here on the on, back again on the creek lands because he's the creek. He's the creek Indian. You understand? And everybody else is posers. See, the Indian is the cowboy. The cowboy is the Indian. They're telling you in their movies, you're just not picking up on it. Anyway, the convention was moved to provide for the creation of a site in which to locate the capital of the nation. So they moved 
because they changed the face of the Congress, okay, because they changed the face, they took over the Congress. So it became straight pale people now, right? It's not that I'm trying to turn this into a racial thing. Facts are the facts. It became a straight pale people thing. Majority of the house became pale, pale faces. And the Negroes that stood in the house, that was still in the house, yeah, those were the Negroes that joined their fraternal order. All right? Their soul roar and fraternal orders. These are, the, these are the ones that started selling out now. All right? So when it moved from Philadelphia, this is why Philadelphia is so important. This is why Pennsylvania is so important. When it moved from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C., when it moved from Philadelphia, it no longer became something of the United States of America, but the United States. Portions of it were altered, which made it now become a business document, a trust document. This is why it's important for you to learn trust law and know how to operate when you go, if you choose, because when you go into a courthouse where it's a non-criminal offense, meaning that if you did not harm anyone, if you didn't destroy property, okay, that'll harm someone or destroy someone's property, pretty much. Anything else beyond that, it's an invitation to appear in court, which you do not have to accept. You can just answer back through a document, a letter, and you put that letter, that document on the public record, which deals with the county clerk office. And that is the court of probate. Your county clerk office is a court of probate. That's an actual court. So you send that document to their certified mail if you want to, or you bring it down there in person. Okay, and one, and that's your answer back to them. Anything else that they need from you, they have to go to the court of probate. It's there. You, you don't have to go into any courthouse. And, but if you do step into these courthouses, you must in a, you must comprehend that now you're stepping into a court of commerce, equity, or common law. You must know how to operate when you step inside. You must know what the, the jurisdiction of the court is. You must know how to secure and proclaim your jurisdiction over the court to turn it into a common law court. Okay? Some people think, well, oh, it ain't nothing. I'm going to just go down there, pay this little ticket, you know, just go to court for a little bit. But you don't know the intricacies of this thing. And you go down there and you give up more, so much. You think you come away with a little settlement that, you know, you won something. No, you literally gave up so much. Okay. Let me um, move on to the next. Give me one second here. This was another article, but this is on um, Wikipedia, but it has many references, many links that you can look, you could click on, All right? Uh, it's called the District of Columbia Organic Act of 1801. Now it says, the District of Columbia Organic Act of 1801 
the, the District of Columbia Organic Act of 1801, <clears throat> officially an act concerning the District of Columbia, 6th Congress, Second Session, Chapter 15, Two States, Statute 103, February 27, 1801, is an organic act enacted by the United States Congress in accordance with Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. It formally placed the District of Columbia under control of the United States Congress and organized the territory within the district into two counties, Washington County of the North and east of the Potomac River and Alexandria County of the west and south. The charters of the existing cities of Georgetown and Alexandria were left in place. No change was made to their status. The common law of both Maryland and Virginia remained in force within the district. A court was established in each of the new counties. Understand? So anything outside of that 10 square miles of the District of Columbia, they have no jurisdiction over you, the living man and woman. They have no jurisdiction at all over you who are rightfully the Indian. Right. Oh, let me go. There's a look. There's more. But wait, there's more. Uh, which one is this? Uh, give me one second. I got the um cleaning truck going by. All right. Now, this site here is called Constitution Center. Dot org, right? Constitutioncenter.org. And here, and, it's, and it's, it's breaking down. It says, the most obscure amendment. On March 29, 1961, Ohio and Kansas voted to ratify the Constitution's 23rd Amendment. Today, the amendment remains obscure and still controversial to a small but critical group of Americans. It ain't obscure. Not, it's not none of that. The 23rd Amendment allows the residents of the District of Columbia to vote in presidential elections, but only with the fewest possible amount of electoral votes. And perhaps more importantly, it didn't grant district residents representation in Congress, which is still a sore point today. And here it goes, back to Article 1, Section 8. The Constitution in Article 1, Section 8, gave Congress the power to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district of Columbia, you know? Over, of, over such district. And it has parentheses, not exceeding 10 miles square. Not exceeding 
10 miles square, as may be session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress became the seat of government of the United States. Again, there is no America on there. You understand? Because it is now a business. All things in D.C. is dealing with business. This is why there's two Supreme Courts, and I'll not stop saying it. The one in D.C. is a court of commerce. It's dealing with business unless you pull them underneath um, um, within the common law. The one in Pennsylvania is the actual Supreme Court that deals with the living, breathing man. And the reason why that court is still stands and still is important because it was there during the creation of this document. It never went anywhere. They just moved the Congress. The Congress was moved to D.C. You understand? So when they created that Supreme Court in D.C. and made it so that all those those justices, those magistrates are lifelong seats. Those people should have been running elections and the people should have been voting them in. But because when it when it moved to D.C. and that we the people and that United States, huh? And it no longer says the United States of America became the United States and the we the people that they're talking of. They're speaking of members of Congress, the presidency, the Senate, the Supreme Court. They talk, it's the document is for them. Okay? But the one that says the United States of America is supreme over that document. Do you understand? It's supreme over that document. It reigns over it. It still exists. They're just hiding it. Okay? Because it has to come back now to the land. All right? All right, let's go into, let me go into these words, okay? I don't want to, I always say I don't want to stay too long, but today I really can't stay too long, right? Which one of these should I do first? Let's go into first oath, right? We're going to go on the Bouvier years. We're going to look up oath on the Bouvier year, right? That's the, matter of fact, no, let's go into required. We're going to go into required, right? Uh, we're going to look up the etymology of the word required first. Okay. And uh, and we're on etymonline.com. That's E-T-Y-M-O-N-L-I-N-E dot C-O-M. All right. Required. Mm -mm -mm. Required. Adjective. That must be done as a condition. Past participle. Adjective from require. Required reading. That which must be read to attain and understand a subject is attested from 1881. 
Um, and they have objective again, required, necessary for relief of supply. Then they have here again, required by rule, right? What else? Now we're gonna go into the Cornell Law definition <clears throat> of require of required. <clears throat> right? Because you know they say that by you're required by law. Required by law, it just means a question. It's literally a question. They're asking you. You understand? They're asking you. Uh, oh, all right. So here goes and also require verb. Right? This is without the D at the end. Require. A question, inquiry, a sense now obsolete. Right? From old French, requirer, requirer, seek, procure, beg, ask, petition, demand from vulgar Latin. You understand? It's a, they're asking you. It's not a law. It's not something that you must do. Masks are required here in this. Our store says you, you're required to wear a mask or you're required to wear a mask. You understand? It's uneducated people that when you say you're not going to wear the mask because you don't have to, and when a policy officer comes to you and says, oh, you got to wear it because it's required, it's literally a question. That means you're supposed to make the choice if you want to put it on or not. So when you see someone filming someone saying, oh, they don't want to wear their mask and, oh, that person is this and that person is that, that person doing the filming is ignorant to law. They're ignorant to what the word actually really means. They don't, they don't have no comprehension of this stuff. And that is the problem here today. People don't comprehend what's going on directly in front of them. And they blindly contract with the corporation, then thus giving the corporation jurisdiction over them. Now they can't say yes or no. You, have, you can't say nothing. The corporation is going to make the decision for you because you blindly contracted with them. Okay. We will go into Cornell. Let's see if we can, if I could get back the definition from Cornell. Give me a second. All right, so required by law. This is Cornell, right? Uh, required by law. This is Cornell. This is law.cornell.edu. All right, so this is the Cornell Law website. And they highlight it in purple. Required by law means a mandate contained in law that compels an entity to make or use or disclosure of protect, protected health informa information and that is enforceable in a court of law. Okay? And no court, no court can enforce this up on the people without going against the Constitution. And if they enforce this upon the people to go against the Constitution, that is by law treason. And that court's decision is void by law and not standing. 
by law. All right. But anyway, let's keep going. Let's go back over this. Required by law means a mandate contained in law that compels an entity to make a use or disclosure of protected health information and that is enforceable in a court of law. Required by law includes but is not limited to court orders and and court-ordered warrants, subpoenas, or summons issued by a court, grand jury, a governmental or tribal inspector, <laughs> general, or an administrative body authorized to require. Now it's no longer required. Pay attention. Now it's require without the D, meaning it's a question. Now authorized to require the production of information a civil or an authorized investigative demand, Medicare conditions of participation with respect to health care providers. So it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's in question. And if you participate in it, yeah, and agree to it, then now it is a command that you must follow because you agreed to do so, you contracted to do so. You signed paperwork, documentations, to do so. You understand? All right. Let's go into go back to the movie years. One second. One second, y'all. Go to the movie years. And let's go back to our words, because I have a list of, list of words. I ain't going to go over all of them now, but I want to go through these these ones here with you guys now today. Let's go over oath, and then we're going to go over lawful and order. So you know when they say, this is a lawful order, and it's a lawful order, and a lawful this, and lawfully, and lawfully by law, and, and, and I said so, and I gave you a lawful order to stop. That's not how that works. There's no such thing. There is no such thing. They're just making shit up. There's no such thing. Okay? But let's go over oath, and this is the 1856 Bouvier. All right? And I'm going to tell you exactly which one. I'm going to tell you exactly which one I use. All right, give me a second here. Because you could type it into Google, but many will come up. But the one that says 1215.org, um, the slash sign law notes slash Bouvier, that's the one that I use. Because when you click on it, it, it comes right up. Um, they have two different, they have the text version and they got the HTML version. I use the HTML version. When it comes up, okay. Now let's <laughs> let's go oath. Oath. Hmm. A declaration made according to law before a competent tribunal or officer to tell the truth, or it is the act of one who when lawfully required 
to tell the truth, that means, okay, you see the Constitution, they took an oath, an oath to the Constitution. Okay? Because they took an oath to the Constitution, when asked to tell the truth, when asked for the facts, they are to give it and not lie because that is the document that they took an oath to. All right? When they lie, they commit perjury against that document. Okay? Which is against the law. It's against that document, the Constitution of the United States of America. Oath, a declaration made according to law. A declaration made according to law before a competent tribunal or officer. To tell, this is why the president swears in, this president must swear in, be sworn in by a judge, right? What they call a judge, a senator, a congressman, because those are considered officers, okay? A declaration made according to law before a competent tribunal or officer to tell the truth, or it is the act of one who, when lawfully required to tell the truth, takes God to witness that what he says is true. It is a religious act by which the party invokes God not only to witness the truth and sincerity of his promise, but also to avenge his imposture or, vi or violated faith. Or in order, or in other words, to punish his perjury if he shall be guilty of it. That's why when you're given these folks documents, you have to let them take that, reinforce their oath, or you say through penalty of perjury. You understand? Now, there's something also very interesting in here, interesting in here too, because it's telling you that it is a, a go back, uh, it is a religious act, okay? So when they're talking about, oh, religious exemptions won't be accepted, that's bullshit, right? Because in the very oath that they take, it is a religious act. You understand? Okay. So this is... <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm looking at the chat now. It says so-called Biden wasn't... Ah, you get it. You get it. He's And he's not... Well, that's that, that ain't none of my business, but his position in whatever office or imaginary office, it is what it is. But anyway, let's go back over that oath again. All right. Oath. <laughs> a declaration made according to law before a competent tribunal or officer. All right. This is why the military officers are always everywhere. All right. Uh, your attorney general, right? Your secretary of defense, right? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, a declaration made according to law before a competent tribunal or officer to tell the truth or it is the act of one who, when lawfully required to tell the truth, takes God 
to witness. Now, when you see these people lie on their oath and they commit perjury, right? It's because a lot of them, like I said, you got to understand with some of these folks who are supposedly occultic, right? There's a lot of them that don't believe in what you call God or creator. They don't believe in it. So when they're taking this oath, this oath don't mean nothing to them, but it's supposed to mean something to you and what it represents. You understand? It doesn't mean anything to them, right? So you have those that it means something to, and you have those that it doesn't mean anything to because they're atheists. Folks like George Soros, um, Bill Gates, these men, that shit don't mean nothing to them. They're atheists. You understand? Folks that are underneath them, folks that are part of their um, occultic scene, a part of their fraternity, because the males are fraternal, the females are sorors. All right? That are part of their fraternity, their fraternal order, their atheists. Okay? Anyway, so, okay. Lawfully required to tell the truth. Takes God to witness takes God to witness that what he says is true. It is a religious act by which the party invokes God, not only to witness the truth and sincerity of his promise, but also to avenge his imposture or violated faith, or in other words, to punish his perjury if he shall be guilty of it, all right? And then it goes to say, it is proper to distinguish two things in oath. The, the invocation by which the God of truth, who knows all things, is taken to witness, the imprecation, by which he is acts as a just and all-powerful being to punish perjury. Now, they're not talking about a Christian God. They're not talking about a Muslim God. They're not talking about a Hindu God. They're talking about straight out the creator of all things. Okay? Which all falls on the knees. This is why there's no discrimination on folks who have different particular religious faiths because they all go back to one creation source. You understand? Now, I wonder if they have the definition of what they call God in the movie years. Let me let me sidestep real quick to go try to find to see if they have it in this. Right, because remember the, the language, the language. Let me see if I find it. G O D, G O D. Wait a second here, people. Grand. I think I went too far ahead. 
Oh, they do have it. God. G-O-D. Oh, and they got God and my country. Okay, you know some people say that? God and my country, right? That's what they say in the military, right? Let's see what these things mean. Right? We're reading it together. God. This is the 1856 Bouvier Law Dictionary. This is what all courts use. God. From the Saxon God. Good. The source of all good. The supreme being. Every man is presumed to believe in God. And who and he who opposes a witness on the ground of his unbelief is bound to prove it. Two, blasphemy against the Almighty by denying his being or pro providence was an offense punishable at common law by fine and imprisonment or other infamous corporal punishment. That goes back into military punishment. That goes back into um, punishments for those who have committed serious crimes, criminal acts as murder and these things, all right? That goes back into um, how harsh the punishment is. It's not like a slap on the wrist punishment, right? Um, yes, okay, so, or other infamous corporal punishment, roofs on crimes, the offense, the offense, his being, why did they write it like this? The offense is being, I think they mean has. The offense has been enlarged in Pennsylvania and perhaps most of the states by statuary, provision, vid, Christianity, blasphemy. Okay, then they got by Article 1 of amendments to the Constitution of the United States. It is provided that Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof in the United States. Now, pay attention. Remember, when they moved the Congress to D.C., they altered portions of the Constitution. They made another Constitution, the second Constitution, which is what is called the, the, the Constitution of the United States. But you have the Constitution of the United States of America, okay? So the one of the United States of America is the supreme one. But this is the one that you guys are falsely on any false impression going off of today. So you must know how to interchange this shit on them, okay? So when it's saying this, by Article 1, of the amendments to the Constitution of the United States. It is provided that Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So the United States, you know, is a federal corporation that has jurisdiction only over the District of Columbia and those subsidiaries that are under the District of Columbia, okay? Those are businesses. That means the United States itself is a 501c3 organization. And all 501c3 organizations that have signed on to the United States Federal Corporation is under their jurisdiction, which is why they could come at these churches the way how they're coming at these churches, which is why they could come at these mosques, these synagogues, the more Science Temple, all these places, how they're coming at you because you're a 501c3. Now, 
where it says Congress shall make no where it says uh, or prohibit the free exercise thereof. Meaning now, you the living, breathing man, yeah, have all free will to exercise your religious beliefs. But when you go into the house of what you're calling God, which is a 501c3 under the United States Federal Corporation, now they can shut you down. But if your thing is not, this is why I be telling people about these 501c3s. But if your thing is not of the 501c3 under the United States Federal Corporation, then Congress shall Congress shall make no laws, no laws taking away any of your rights. Okay? This is crazy. I'm telling you, when you really start getting this shit and it's kicking in your head, oh my goodness. Anyway, or prohibit or prohibiting the free exercise thereof in the United States. Therefore, everyone is allowed to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience. You understand? So, you don't need a church to give you a religious exemption. You can write up your own religious exemption document and give it in. It's of your own conscience. It says so in their own thing. Now, this this part I want to. What is? Oh, now right here where it says "God and my country." I, I I thought this is interesting when I just now saw this that it's in the definition that it's in the dictionary, the the the, the law dictionary. When a prisoner is arraigned, he is asked, "How will you be tried?" He answers, by God and my country. This practice arose when the prisoner had the right to choose a mode of trial, namely ordeal by, ju ordeal or by jury. And then he elected by God or by his country. That is by jury. It is probable that originally it was by God or my country for the question acts supposes an, op an option in the prisoner. And the answer is meant to assert his innocence by declining neither sort or trial. You understand? Also, this also could mean... Um, by your fellow countrymen. It has to be your fellow countrymen, right? That has to try you, okay? It has to be your fellow countrymen that's on the jury. That's why it says a juror of your peers. So if you see a Negro who is an American Indian who they reclassified as, which which is Walter Ash, what's it called? Walter Ashby Plecker, which reclass, who reclassified the Indian as African-American, Yeah. That means when an African-American or what is really an Indian is into these court systems and you're being tried, yeah? You're supposed to be tried by a jury of, a juror, a jury of your peers, meaning there's supposed to be other Indians on the jury, not an all-white jury, not an all-African jury, or anything that's outside of the context of the Indian. 
it is supposed to be, you're supposed to be tried by your countrymen, your American countrymen, which is other Indians. Do you understand? And that still stands to this very day. <laughs> 1856 Bouvier people, 1856 Bouvier Law Dictionary. Every courthouse uses this. Every single one. Every All lawyers, all courthouses. Let me go back to the other words that I wanted to look into. Going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm telling y'all. Uh, lawful. Let's go into lawful. That labor, lady, legislative. Law, criminal, law, foreign, law of, what's this, law of nations. Oh, that's something that I'm going to look into for another time. That looks interesting. Oh, and it's very long. Law of nature. <clears throat> Law of peanut, law of private. Come on. Uh, where are you? What is this? Alright. I got a, I got a lot of scrolling down to do. Give me one second, people. One second. Letter of attorney. Did I pass it? Come on now. I was just on it. Wow. Come on. What is all of this? This wasn't here before. All right, I think I passed it. Let me scroll back up. I think I passed it. I'm going too fast. Going too fast. Give me one second, family. Yep, like Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. Oh, you're going to learn today. <laughs> okay, here we go. Lawful. That which is forbidden by law. And then it goes into the Latin, um, id omene litium et quad non est le, legibus prohibitium quamobrum quad leg. Anyway, let's go into it. To be valid, a contract must be lawful. Okay? Lawful. To be valid, a contract must be lawful. Now, Every time an officer, whether they, now an officer doesn't mean only a man and woman in uniform. And this is what you must comprehend. An officer also goes again to your Congress, your Senate, the president, mayor, governor, councilman, um, county clerk, okay? 
These are all officers, right? And they are representatives of the office, okay, that they represent. And that office goes back to your United States Federal Corporation. So they're all officers under the corporation, all right? So to be valid, a contract must be lawful. That is lawful. Now, let's go into order. Let's see if they have order on here. Let's see if they, I think they do have order in here. I think this is where I got order from. So when they talk about a lawful order, lawful is a contract. Okay? So when they use the word lawful, it's literally talking about their contract. They're asking you to contract with them. And with all contracts, you have a time that you're supposed to refute it. Okay? You have a time frame. All right, there's many definitions of order in here. So let's, we're going to go through. The first one, government by the expression is understood that several bodies which compose the state. In ancient Rome, for example, there were three distinct orders, namely that of the senators, that of the patricians, the, the, the patriot, the Patricians, the patricians, all right, and that of the plebeians. The United States, there are no orders of men. <laughs> Pay attention. In the United States, there are no orders of men. All men are equal in the eye of the law. So who is that man in that uniform to come and try to give you orders? Who is that man? Huh? Uh, let's keep going. In the United States, there are no orders of men. All men are equal in the eye of the law, except that in some states, slavery, pay attention now, slavery has been entailed on them while they were colonies. And it still exists in relation to some of the African race, but these are no particular right, but these have no particular rights. This is why Ashley Plecker renamed the Indians African Americans. So every time you click off the box on your documents, talk about African American, and every time you claim to be an African, which Majority, you are not. Gotta understand these Af Africans didn't start coming over here till the 1800s. You understand? Till the 1800s. Most of them of their own free will. The others were indentured servants who were indentured servants to other Africans where they come from. It was serving out their sentences. So they had no rights. Until their contract was up. That's when they received their walking papers. Their free papers. To be a free man. Okay. 
So what they did, they just did a switcheroo on you. Because they needed to take you up. They didn't defeat majority of us in warfare. They defeated us in paperwork. Right? You can have one person in a nation of one million that knows your, your most intricate details, your, your, your core beliefs, that knows everything about you. And that one person can go to your enemy of 100 people and destroy an entire nation of one million. And that's what, that's what has happened to the Indian. And that's how you became reclassified as African-American. Which Jesse Jackson reiterated it in the 1980s. Then they used the MK Ultra, MK Ultra created a cult organization called the Pan-Fry Community. Well, the Pan-African Community. Okay, which a lot of the African governments are in on it because you brought billions of dollars of tourism money to Africa. Okay. Understand this. This is order. This is the definition of order. Uh, let's let's keep going. So they saw this is a lawful order. They say, nigga, you ain't got no rights. Nigga, keep your ass right there. You agree to it because a lot of a lot of our people like to say, all right, all right, all right, officer, you say it's a lawful order. All right, all right I have no choice. I'm gonna do what you say. I'm gonna do what you say. All right, all right, officer. All right, all right, judge. All right, you say it's a lawful order. All right, judge. All right, judge. All right, magistrate. I'm gonna do what you say. Not knowing that you literally contracted and gave up your freedom right there. That's why when policy officers say, you understand? I'm never telling you understand. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand. That's another trick. Okay? Let's go into the next definition of what they're saying order is. Order contracts an endorsement or short writing put upon the back of a negotiable bill or note when you get a ticket. Hmm? These things. Anyway, order, contracts, an endorsement. So your signature endorses the ticket. This is why they always say, yo, yo I need you to sign the ticket. And if you say, nah, you're not going to sign it, you see they get very upset. They start coming with their threatening and intimidating tactics. Okay? Which by law, one cannot be one, not, one cannot be coerced to sign in away their rights or any contractual agreement or else it is void. It is no longer valid. So they will threaten to arrest you, threaten to take you to jail, but all that is kidnapping. Now it becomes kidnapping. Okay? You have to put them in their position, in their place. I'm not telling you to go be belligerent with them on the, on the street corner. Right? You, you are unharmed. They have the weapons on them. They say they're going to put the cuffs on you. They're going to put the cuffs on you. But it's what you do when you come out of jail. And it's what you do when you go down to jail with the cuffs on you. Know that even though you have handcuffs on you, you still have a lot of rights. You have the right to refuse fingerprinting. Do not sign no documentations that they give you when you go down there. Because they'll give you documents to sign and you're contracting with them to give them permission to lock you up. 
It doesn't matter if it's a two-sentence document. If you did not commit a crime, if you didn't kill someone, beat someone up, and destroy someone's property, you sign nothing. You don't finger, you do not, you invoke your right not to be fingerprinted. Okay? Me, personally, my opinion, I would just write void through any document that they give me. Void all that shit. <clears throat> Anywho, let's go back to it. Order, contracts, an endorsement or short writing put upon the back of a negotiable bill or instrument. And a negotiable bill or instrument is also other things as well. That goes back into mortgages, so on and so, all right? Contract, an endorsement or short writing put upon the back of a negotiable bill or note. Negotiable bill or note for the purpose of passing the title to it and making it payable to another person. When a bill or note is payable to order, which is generally expressed by this formula to A, B, or order, or to the order of A, B, in the case the payee, A, B, may either receive the money secured by such instrument or by his order, which is generally done by a simple endorsement. Pass the right to receive it to another. But a bill or note wanting these words, although not negotiable, do not lose the general qualities of such instrument. When they're talking about endorsement, they're talking about your your, your name, your signature, your auto your autograph. Okay? This is why they always want you to sign. A mortgage doesn't stand unless you sign it. And when you're signing off on a mortgage, you're agreeing to have that mortgage become a a, a bond, a note, a, a security instrument that is traded on the stock market. Meaning as soon as you sign that document, that mortgage, that note, as soon as you sign it, the house is already paid off for because of your signature, because they're going to put it on the stock market. Now, it says that when you're endorsing these contracts, these payable instruments, it's supposed to go to a person, right? But you have to understand what person also means. You have natural person, you have artificial person, okay? Are you giving it to the natural person, which is the living, breathing man? Or is it the artificial entity, which is, which is a business, a bank, is artificial? A mortgage, a mortgager, a mortgage company is artificial, okay? A, 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 a um, stock market is artificial, all right? So when you're paying monthly mortgages, right, that's because the mortgage company does not own your property, nor does the bank. Remember, a bank. A bank, the money that a bank gives you is back your very own money. You don't build a bank today and say, oh, now the bank has a lot of money. You need people to come in and store their money into the bank, right? These people have to store their money into the bank, which when you go and you buy a house or you get a bank loan, they're lending you back your own money via through a check. They're not giving you the hard cash in your hand. It's a check, meaning that it's a piece of paper. They made up some numbers. 
right? Someone signed off on it, right? Then they gave it to you, and you have to sign off on it for the check to be valid. It needs your autograph. It needs your endorsement on the back of the check. It's your money. So when you're talking about you owe the bank and you're paying back the bank and my credit, it's, it's one big scam. One big scam. But because you are under the jurisdiction of the federal, the United States Federal Corporation, it is also not a scam until you take yourself out of that jurisdiction. Now, because the system is so corrupt, even when you take yourself out of that jurisdiction, they give you a fight when you want to go at them about these mortgages because 90-something percent, over 95% of what you think are courthouses, they're not courthouses. They are houses of commerce. So you must not operate when it comes to commerce. You must know how to put the judge back into a common law place that, that's dealing with God's law, the creator's law, divine law. Okay? So there's no such thing as a lawful order when these policy officers come to you. It's literally saying, I want to contract with you. Say yes, do as I say. And as soon as you start doing it, immediately what he or she says, and if you're going to do what they say, you got to let it be known that you're only doing this through threat, duress, and coercion. Or it's important that you repeat that to them because it makes that contract now invalid because these are verbal contracts. And in court, verbal contracts can also uphold, especially if it's on video. So you have to let it be known that you're only complying because of threat, duress, and coercion. They have the gun. They are intimidating you. They call an entire precinct down for you for a jaywalker. So now you feel threatened. You're scared for your life. You understand? So they literally bullied you into agreeing to contract with them. And I don't want to hear people tell me they didn't know. They know this. If they're not taught how to use the Constitution on the field, it's in the books. It's in, their, it's in their books that they have to study about the Constitution. Then they took an oath to the Constitution. Do you understand? They took an oath to this thing. So you now must know how to turn that, that, that United States Constitution back into the United States of America constitutional document. Right? You must know how to turn these things back, turn, turn it from a, a, a contract of, um, of, of business back into a document dealing with the living, breathing man on them. And that's why you invoke their oath. Because an officer is also a magistrate, right? This is why they do the things that they do on the street because they have magistrative authority, power. All right, so... Uh, another part of order the act by which rank or preference of claiming among creditors who have liens over the price which arise out of the sale of an immovable subject now in a stand you see you are the creditor because everything that is being done needs to be done with your endorsement, which makes you the creditor, okay? You are the creditor, 
right? Banks, banks like to claim like they're creditors, but they're not. Remember, uh, everything that you do with a bank, they need your endorsement. They need your autograph. They need you to sign your name on that piece of paper. They need your money into the bank. Now, here's where a part of it becomes tricky. You see that, that, that paper dollar that you have? Look on it. You're going to see someone's name signed on there. There's literally a person's name signed off on that dollar that you have. So it makes that dollar technically not yours. Okay, it's that now it becomes what you call a dead note. Okay, it becomes what you call a dead note, a reserve note. Now, if it had says on there backed by gold, backed by silver, if it has says backed by gold, backed by silver, then it would be actual money, but it's not saying backed by gold or backed by silver anymore. It's saying Federal Reserve Note. And because the United States is a federal corporation, that is the United States Federal Reserve Note, meaning that it's a note of debt. That means one that is in debt, one that is that owes another entity. Okay? So when you take on that paper dollar, you took on someone else's debt. It's different levels to it. It's, it's different levels to it. Uh, what's the next word I wanted to go over? We did lawful. We did um, uh, scam lightly. I'm going to be getting a lot of scam lightly calls. What's the other word? Give me one second. Let me go back through my list. We did required. Okay, did we do officer? I don't think we did officer. Let's do officer. Officer is going to be the last one. All right, officer, officer. We did oath. We did lawful. We did required. We did order. Uh, okay, officer, and maybe obedience will do. All right. Give me one second here. Oh, so officer. Opinion, operation of law, opening the judgment circuit. Order, ordinance. Hold on. Office. And Office. <clears throat> so office. An office is a right to exercise a public function or employment and to take the fees and emoluments belonging to it. Office. Offices may be classified into civil and military. Civil offices may be classed into political, judicial, and ministerial. The political office are such as are not connected immediately with the administration of justice or the execution 
of the mandates of a superior officer. The office of the President of the United States, of the heads of departments, of the members of the legislature, or of this number. The judicial office offices are those which relates to the administration of justice and which must be exercised by persons of sufficient skill and experience in the duties which appertain to them. And it's going into ministerial office. Ministerial office are those which give the officer no power to judge. <laughs> ministerial offices are those which give the officer no power to judge of the matter to be done and require him to obey the mandates of a superior. Now, so remember when I told you that mandates go for those who work for or is um, in jurisdiction of the federal corporation, okay? Literally, they're employees and they're employees who are officers of the federal corporation, okay? Mandates. Now, let's go into... That was office. Let me see if I pull up on officer. 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 <clears throat> he, he who is lawfully invested with an office. Now, lawfully invested with an office means he who took the oath. You understand? He who took the oath. Okay, who he who took that oath to that that constitutional oath, all right, which goes back to your president, your congressman, so on and so. Now, he who is officer, he who is lawfully invested with an office, officers may be classed into executive as the president of the United States of America. See, now they had added in the of America here. We got. We have to pay attention. The several governors of the different states, their duties are pointed out in the national constitution. <clears throat> the national constitution. Pay attention. And the constitutions of the several states. But they are required mainly to cause the laws of the laws to be executed and obeyed. All right? So they talk about the mother constitution and then they talk about the constitution that they um, remade back in the 1800s when they moved the Congress to Washington, D.C. Okay? The legislative, the legislative, such as members of Congress and the several states and the several state legislatures, these officers are confined in their duties by the Constitution. Now, because they're confined by the duties of the Constitution, remember this. Congress is supposed to make laws, but Congress are not to make any laws that contradicts and go against the Constitution. It has to be 
coincide side by side exact with the constitution anything else outside of the constitution and the constitution has to be the constitution of the united states of america okay it has to be side by side with it it has to go hand in hand with the constitution has to anything that goes against the constitution is treason anything that goes against the constitution does not exist it does not stand it is void so when the president is saying i mandate everybody in america to be vaccinated you're all mandated when the governors are saying everyone has to be is mandated to be vaccinated when the mayors are saying that that doesn't stand it is void it is not law they just talking shit out their mouth just to talk shit because they know majority of you are illiterate when it comes to actual law and what they're actually saying. They've committed treason. They've broken so many laws, not only on the local level, not only on the national level, but also on the international level, also going into human rights. So when you're president, you're prime ministers, but you have people out there that say, I love my prime minister, and in my eyes, you could do no wrong. When you're governor general, well, all of them are making these mandates. They're illegal. It's genocide. Genocide. Okay. Um, <laughs> let, let me finish reading it and then we're going to wrap it. All right. We're going to wrap it. Uh, okay. The legislative, such as members of Congress, and the several state legislatures. These officers are confined in their duties by the Constitution, generally to make laws. Though sometimes in cases of impeachment, one of the houses of the legislature exercises judicial functions. Now, the president is supposed to automatically be impeached once he does an act that goes against the Constitution. That is a misdemeanor in some cases. In some cases, depending on the act, it's a felony. And once he commits a felony or a misdemeanor or commit perjury, like Fauci was caught committing perjury, like the attorney general was caught committing perjury, once they're caught red-handed and they were caught red-handed, it should go straight now to a tribunal and they should be get, being tried, prosecuted, and convicted of such. But the president, he's supposed to be immediately impeached. Immediately. Meaning booted out of office. After impeachment, he's supposed to go on trial. Anyway, uh, impeachment, one of the House of Legislature exercises judicial functions somewhat similar to those of a grand jury by presenting to the other articles of impeachment and the other house acts of as a court in trying such impeachments. The legislatures have besides the power to inquire into the conduct of their members, judge of their elections. Now pay attention to show you how this is so rigged. The governor general appoints all the, the top magistrates in the islands. The president appoints Supreme Court justices. 
And these are forever positions to show you how this shit is rigged. Right? Because if anything, these are the people that they're going to have to stand in front of when they're being tried. To show you how it's rigged. Y'all get it now? This is how the cult operates. This is why you never see any, any, of, any of these folks really go through any type of prison time get any form of punishment. This is what they're called, what they call the good old boys club. Okay. This is what they call the good old boys club. Now I bring that, I bring these things up because in um, Pennsylvania in Philadelphia right now, they're making it seem like they they've got they've won something where they're now banning they're going to ban um traffic stops minor traffic stops in Philadelphia right but what does that mean that they're going to ban minor traffic stops they didn't give you anything it was already in the law the law already states that you have the right to travel do you know what that means it means that <clears throat> When you slow down at a stop sign, there's no oncoming traffic and you continue to go and a policy officer flashes his lights and you hear whoop, whoop, pull over and he's on his stuff telling you to pull over. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that's been murdered through these traffic stops and it's, this is what it is. It's murder and they're acting like they're giving you something to cover up all of these murders that have taken place by the ones who have killed people during these traffic stops who are murderers. I'm not saying all, the ones that have broken the law. They've taken an oath to the Constitution. Constitution tells you that you have the right to travel freely. The Supreme Court ruling on traveling or what the right to travel freely means it became case law meaning that you have the right to travel from point A to point B in your own private conveyance, your own automobile, not a car. Cars are used for businesses. You have to get hip to the language because the language is tricky, okay? Not a car. Cars are used for businesses. Your own private conveyance, your automobile, okay? You're not driving. Driving is a business language. You're traveling from point A to point B. So when they pull you over and say license and registration, you show them a passport. You don't have to show them anything, but you just give them a passport. If they say, well, it's about the car, we're not going to arrest you, but we're going to tow your car. That's Grand Theft Auto. We're going to tow your automobile. That's Grand Theft Auto. And them and the tow truck company are contracted with each other. The tow truck company knows these things right here that I'm saying. But they know you don't know, and yet you're going to pay that money. And that if you go, if you don't know what you're doing in the court system, that's going to take hella long before you even get your property back, or they're going to rack up a storage fee and all sorts of stuff on you and have you pay all that stuff. It's extortion, taxation, and that's illegal. All stuff that's also supposed to be reported to their IRS. Because every time an officer tickets you, that's a tax. It's taxing you. But anyway, so they pulled you over, whoop, whoop, flashing lights. First of all, by them flashing a the light, they committed a felony because to flash their lights in a non-emergency situation, that's an automatic felony. It's in their policy book. It's in their policy book. 
only in states of emergencies. Okay? So they go, whoop, whoop, pull you over. Um, do you know why I pulled you over? No, officer. Well, you slowed down at the stop sign, but you didn't come to a full stop. But were there any oncoming traffic, officer? No, there wasn't, but still. It's a traffic infraction. It's a traffic violation. You've broken the traffic law. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. What he's doing now, he's impeding your right to travel freely, to go from point A to point B in your non-commercial, non-business, private property. Okay? So, when they, when they locked up Sandra Bland, that was kidnapping, that was murder. When they, what they did to Corinne Gaines, that was, that was kidnapping, that was murder. Now, they also assaulted her. You know what assault is? When they verbally tell you stop, you can't move. When there's no crime committed, that's an assault. Assault first begins with the verbal. You're assaulting me, officer. No, I'm not. I didn't touch you. He doesn't have to touch you for it to be an assault. Look up the, def the lawful definition, 1856 movie years, of what assault means. The minute they pull you over for a minor, for what they call a minor traffic infraction, they, the officer, has broken law. He has violated the Constitution. Now, if you're speeding, you're doing 80 in a 35, and he pulls you over, he, he's supposed to, it's supposed to be a courtesy pullover. Like, hey, you know, slow down a bit. You're going too fast. This is not the, this is not the area for that type of speeding. Because I, I, me, for one, I am against people who speed for no reason. I've, I've known a lot of people who've been hit by cars for people who, are, who have been traveling recklessly, right? So not because the law says that they're not supposed to pull you over with certain things and so on and so doesn't mean that you're supposed to be an asshole and put other people's life in danger. Because especially where I'm at, when they fixed the road around here, the first thing the, the young boys around here said was, oh, they messed up now, going to be racing down here. And they hit so many people already. They crashed into so many people's cars already. Well, private property, automobile. Okay? So there's responsibilities when it comes to law. You, you are obligated to also act responsible as well. So folks who are doing those things and when you're pulled over, I don't side with you. I'm not siding with you. Right? Because this is where moral acts come in. Morality, your morals. Good morals, good faith, good standing comes in. Okay? <clears throat> but yeah. When they when they pull you over, man, for if you didn't come if you're not in a car act an accident, you didn't run into another person's um property, you didn't hit someone with your automobile. There was no murder committed. They're not supposed to pull you over. They've broken the law immediately when they did that. When they write up a ticket, they need your endorsement on it. So now they're, they're giving you this ticket because it's a tax. They're taxing you. They are not the IRS. And the IRS is also another story. Okay? Well, let's just keep it to this here. They are not the IRS. So they are taxing you. And when you say, no, nah, I'm not signing that, they get upset because you're not agreeing to being taxed. 
Now, if you do sign it, you just go right back down to the precinct and ask them for their tax ID number because every precinct has an EIN number. And every time they give out a ticket, they're supposed to report that ticket to the IRS that they taxed you. And because they themselves are not the IRS, it's an unlawful tax. You understand? It's illegal. It's not legal. It's illegal. Okay? So their ticketing is to show you that they all officers that does that are working in a quota system, a system that is built on quota. Even though New York City policy officers and mayors say, oh, we no longer have that. Yes, they do. Every time they give you a ticket, that's a part of the quota system. That is against the law. That is an unlawful tax. Taxation without representation. Do you understand? This goes also within the West Indies. Goes also within South America, Central America, the Caribbean, every whatever you want to call it. Okay. Toll booths are taxes too. Oh, you got to pay the toll. No, a toll booth is impeding your right to travel. Oh, you got to get that easy pass. That's also impeding your right to travel. That's why when they say you got to go to traffic court, there's no such thing as traffic court. So when you're going down there playing into, into their thing, talk about you're in traffic court, you're playing a dangerous game. So if you choose to go down there, right, because you can answer back that ticket without paying it and without going down there. But if you choose to make a special appearance and go down there, you tell them straight up, you want to go to trial. Now trial, they have to put you in front of what is to be a judge. Or if the officer is right there on the street, on the street side with you because he's a magistrate, also, all right, he's also a magistrate. You tell him, take you to an Article Three court right now. And they're supposed to oblige. Doesn't matter how far away the damn court is. It can be 10 miles away. They must take you there. If, if you say you want to see the judge right now, say if they, they, they didn't take you there and they took you down to the precinct, you have the right to ask for a speedy trial where the judge is supposed to come down there the same day. And you put them underneath that common law jurisdiction, your jurisdiction, you take charge. Because he's he now must supposed to must show where you broke the law. And the law goes back into the constitution. You keep it common law. You don't keep it in commerce with them because you're gonna lose if you don't know what you're doing. You keep it common law. This is why they all took an oath to the constitution. Because that's what they're enforcing. Okay. So when you saw the, the, the magistrate came down when Sancho Bland was locked up and she ruled against Sancho Bland, that magistrate violated her oath. She violated the Constitution. This is why when Sancho Bland was murdered in prison, murdered, that magistrate was also supposed to have been locked up. She committed perjury, she committed treason, she, she broke so many laws. And that's the thing in, in those little small towns. They feel like they can get away with anything. And because you are origin, the original First Nations people of the Americas, they're also supposed to be tried on the international law. And if you had your tribal government situated 
They should have been tried underneath your tribal government because they are a corporation operating on your lands. And no, the Bureau of Indian Affairs is not a tribal government, has nothing to do with you. The Bureau of Indian Affairs was situated, created by a bunch of colonizers and their children to usurp you from your position. Okay. So, yes, sir. And you, about to get up out of here. Um, don't forget again to check out our podcast. We've packed the podcast filled with information, especially about this whole um, COVID stuff. It's filled, the podcast is filled with information about that, about the breakdown of vaccines, so on and so on. What exactly is a vaccine? You hear them now talking about the CRISPR, this CRISPR system, this Cas9, understand what it truly is. Um, this is something that's been being implemented onto you from the 1800s, even before that, uh, where you're seeing the diminishing of melanated people all over the world is being diminished. The numbers is going down. Your birth rates are falling. Your birth rates are falling, and they've fallen dramatically. Uh, 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 it used to be a, a melanated woman could have <sighs> shit. Some even have 13 children. Now, if you have one, the second pregnancy is very difficult. You can't have a third because it's going. You're being told that it's going to your life is in danger, and the baby's life is going to be in danger. Got to understand. Got to got to comprehend what's going on here. Know what's in these things that they're giving you. What's in the hidden patents? What are the incubation periods of certain things that they have in there? Because they have incubation period things that they have into these things where 10, 20 years later, that's when it wakes up and starts affecting your body. Okay? So this is why this is why they ask for a long, short-term and long-term research on the side effects from certain things before it can be fully approved. That's why the FDA only has Partial, partial approval through an emergency act. It's not been fully approved. All right? And let me state again, this thing is, this thing has a 96 to a 99 cent, 99% recovery rate without the jab. But again, that's for people to go research. I'm not telling you to get it. I'm not telling you not to get it. I'm telling you, do your research. And if anyone calls you anti-vax and you already have a history of vaccine, you sue that person for defamation of character. Whether it be a newspaper, whether it be your job, whether it be your own doctor, you sue them. Defamation of character, because that's a lie. Majority of the people that's turning this stuff down, they have histories of vaccines. They've been given measles vaccines, flu vaccine, these things. So they're not anti-vax. They're just anti-stupid because they they comprehend what it is that they're reading about this thing, right? Look at the <clears throat> the White House speaker, the, the that redhead lady. She's been she she has what her her two doses, and she still caught the vid. So on Tuesday she was in the office with the president. On Wednesday she came out saying that she has the vid, right? And her family has the vid, mind you. She's she's the speaker of the she's the mouthpiece for your president that's been saying you it's mandated that you get this vaccine, you get this jab. Well, if it cures COVID and it prevents COVID, how then, how the hell does this woman her, her entire family has COVID? Then they want to tell you, oh, but the president, he don't, he doesn't have it. Oh, because why? She she, it, she she contracted it Wednesday and then say, oh. 
I feel some sniffles. Oh, I got COVID. She's been around this man. Before it was confirmed, she had it. She's been around him. You understand? So they're mandating you to take something that don't work. They can't prove that it works, and they can't prove that it don't work. Because even though even though you got all the booster shots, you still you still at, at a high rate can get the vid, right? But it has been shown and proven that natural immunity, you have a lesser rate of getting back sick with the same thing. But hey, oh, thank you, Sister Cherokee. So that's still pod. That's our podcast right there. That um, Sister Cherokee just posted in the chat. So you guys just, you know, um, check it out. Podcast. It's filled with a lot of information. We have almost a hundred audios on there. Um, a lot of it is of other um people that has put out information. Um, people of credited source, right? So we had to make it the point of duty that it was accredited with accredited information. So no one could come and say, oh, no, that's conspiracy. It's not. These stuff were literally coming from the doctors them and the scientists them mouth themselves. Can't make this stuff up because it's coming from the source. Jennifer Doudna told you that she's the leading scientist in the Cas9 research right now. Something that was created by a Japanese guy in the 1800s. Something that she tells you out of her own mouth that what she's doing with the experiment of the Cas9 system, which the Cas9 technology is in the mRNA, what they call in technology, which is now what they're calling a vaccine, it's mixed in with that. That Cas9 is what she used to take a black rat that only had black rat babies and mess with the ovary of that rat and the sperm cells of the male rat to, to now make that black rat only have white rat babies. Does that sound like they're trying to cure any form of disease to you? Remember, you have these descendants of these German people, these Nazi people, these socialists, okay, these Marxists. And yes, a Marxist is also melanated people as well that believes that dark skin is a disease. They believe that. That's why you see a lot of them interracial relationships. There's no offense to folks who are interracial children in these things. It's not a jab at you. It's just the reality of what really is going on here. A lot of these folks that went to these colleges, they got brainwashed to becoming Marxist, socialist, the socialist party, which is a Nazi party. Okay? It's just, it's, it's, it's the facts. It's just truth. Right? And this, this is a part of the occultic world. This is why when you look at Hawaii, Hawaii is a prime example. That's that cast nine in Hawaii. Japan is a prime example. That's his cast nine in Japan. China is a prime example. Remember in China, they shut down all of China for years. You, people couldn't travel to China. And still there's parts of China that you still can't go to. Shut off to the world. And when you go back into their history, back into, when you go back into their history, hold on, y'all. Give me one second. Yeah. So when you go back into the history of these countries, 
you see that their their population was majority of dark skinned folks. So you have to ask yourself, where did they go? Where did they go? Where did the dark skinned people of Hawaii go? The Hawaiian Islands. Where did majority of them go? Where did majority of the Japanese, dark skinned Japanese them go? It's very few. Where did the majority of the dark skinned Chinese them go? It's very few. When you go into what they call the Mongol Empire, Kangas Khan, Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan, these were dark skinned men. This is why in a lot of their movies, they portray them to be of men of color. Okay? So you have to ask yourself, how long have they been doing this stuff? They've been human experimentation on you. And now they're just ramping it up here now in the American hemisphere. With that being said, I'm out, people. Um, enjoy your day. Peace, love, light. Uh, I will do a stream telling you who the creator of the Cast 9 is, the Japanese guy that created it in the 1800s. I will let you guys know. I will do a stream on that and connect all the dots for you guys. and So you guys can go do your research and check out all the information. All right? So peace and love to you guys. Don't forget, check out um, Shatabi Media. That's X-T-A-B-I-M-E-D-I-A. -E Google it. It will come up. All right? It will come up. We're definitely, we're definitely on Encore and many other platforms. All right? Peace, love, light to you all.